Hello and welcome to the Denver Diatribe, a weekly podcast of news, culture, and stuff as it pertains to Denver, Colorado, the least civil city between Omaha and Salt Lake. This week on the Diatribe, we're talking with the founders of Boulder Startup Week about their upcoming events and startup life in the People's Republic, the implosion of the Colorado legislature, and the axe that's falling on the Denver Boulder edition of the Onions AV Club. I'm Vanessa, and here with me in the Five Points Media Center studio, our co-host Joel, our man behind the glass, Julian, and our guests from Boulder Startup Week, F. Rodriguez and Ryan Winger. Morning, fellas. Howdy. Ryan, am I saying your last name correctly? It's like anger with a W. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, good. Um, Well, it's good to be back in the studio. I haven't been here forever. The last time I tried to do a diatribe um, was on 420, and and that episode was lost. And and then there was an episode that was called the lost episode after that. Joel, you were on it. Yes, it wasn't really really lost. It, it, it wasn't the last really episode lost. wasn't lost. It was actually we definitely found ourselves. <laughs> it, you guys did a really great job reclaiming that, despite the uh, the the chatter about my eyebrows and and the bear scat. That wasn't me talking. At least talking about the eyebrows. No, I know, but there were there was a lot of bear poop talk. I might have been making funny uh, like mannerisms and gestures about your eyebrows, but you wouldn't have heard it on the iPad. <laughs> That's okay. I drank all of the rum I was going to bring back for all of you anyway, so oh. nobody gets any rum now. Um. So okay. Uh, uh, since we've got you guys in the studio, F Ryan, thanks for being here. Um, uh, let's let's kind of jump in and give people a little bit of a primer on Boulder <coughs> Startup Week. Um, I'll let you guys decide which pieces you want to talk about. But what is it? Yeah, I'll take that. So this is F. Um, yeah, Boulder Startup Week is essentially five days of, I guess, chest beating as it relates to the Boulder tech community. We've spent a lot of time developing what we think is a very cohesive, committed community of people who enjoy technology, not only working on it, but partaking in it, um, developers and users. So over the course of five days, we have close to 50 events. Most of them are free, whereby local startups and larger tech companies open their doors and allow people in to not only learn more about what they're building, but learn more about the people who build it. That sounds very idealistic and boulder bubbly, um, and it is. It's It's been, what? two years since we founded it in 2010. And yeah, it's gotten a lot more buy-in from people who make decisions. The Boulder Chamber's behind it. Google and Bing are behind it. It's going to be pretty fantastic. Uh, It includes a lot of our bigger events, Ignite Boulder, Boulder Beta, um, a pretty swell time. Okay, so and 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 I think for people who are part of the community, we are you know all used to hearing these things. Ignite Boulder, Denver has an Ignite, um, but for people outside of tech, let's talk a little bit about those things too, because there are quite a few of these types of events. Ignite and TED in particular, but especially Ignite. Look, what can we talk about a little bit about the differences between them? Because Ignite is a big piece of Boulder Startup Week. It kicks it off essentially, right, as the kind of social element. The difference between just the tech events and stuff that isn't tech. well, uh, no, the the ignite. You know what? Yeah, what is what is the special piece of ignite? You know, it's it's not like uh, F was saying, just opening the doors to come in and 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 share in um, what the companies are doing. Ignite is actually a social occasion. Yeah. Um, so I mean, ignite. If you don't know what it is, it's um, a night of 
geeky presentations, I guess, from members of the community in the whatever city it's being held in. It's in I think over a hundred cities around the world, and I've been I've only been to ones in Colorado, um, so and most of those have been Boulder. But I know it's just a I guess it tends to be a tech uh, focused crowd, but not entirely. I think in the very beginning when we were smaller, it was it was all tech people because it was just started by tech people and then their friends came and their friends came and and over time just more and more people from um you know around the around the city and from denver come up for it and um it's just a i don't know it's a totally unique event somehow it's just it's like you go you pay ten dollars and are entertained and socialize and i don't know is that good yeah you don't have to work in tech i think to appreciate some of the events during boulder startup we get something that we did deliberately because I'm not a developer. I don't even work for a startup, but I want to go and get excited about something. And I think that is one of the biggest takeaways is we're not San Francisco. We're not New York. We're flying people into Boulder to get excited about being in Boulder. What is there to get, to get excited about? There are events like Ignite, which is basically fast paced public speaking on any topic, provided that it's not like a sales pitch. That's something that our audience hates. We hate. So it could be about zombies. It could be about mustaches. It could be about DNS settings. We've had every one of those topics. Um, they're delivered at a rapid pace um, by not just tech people. We've had librarians up there. Love librarians. So, um, Who doesn't and, love librarians? <laughs> <laughs> well, they do. They, they're so well-mannered. Well, and everything they do is sexy. It, yeah. It's very disarming. It's the glasses. It's the glasses. <laughs> it's, it's mostly the glasses. Um, yeah, so there are a, a number of events during the week that you don't need a, a degree in computer science to really enjoy, and that's by design. Because Boulder has athletes, Boulder has creatives, also tech people. So we wanted as many types of people to participate as possible. So, and and I think that's a, a point that goes back. I think a lot of people from the outside have a startup week. You know, when they hear startup week, and even even I to a certain degree, they think, yeah, this is all about tech because that's what they. I think right now in this economy, that's a lot of what people equate startup with right. is technology. Um, but for example, I'm going to use this opportunity to pimp Joel's and Peter's um, startup week. Here we go. Pimp away. <laughs> pimp away. Uh, so the, the Humor Code has a startup week event that uh, they're going to be presenting. What are you going to be presenting on, Joel? Um, humor of marketing? Something humor probably about humor, humor, I would uh, guess. Well, a little, maybe. <laughs> maybe something about the science of it. We'll see. No, I think it, no, no, it's about using humor in marketing. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, some of the work we did looking at whether or not you should use uh, penis jokes in sex ed PSAs put up by the National Council for, to prevent teen pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Important work mm-hmm. that we're doing. So, so this is a good reflection of the fact that you don't have to be doing any kind of development to be presenting. But what are you? What what kind of things were you hoping when you put the kind of when you put the schedules together? Like what what exactly is the mission? Like what's besides showing off Boulder? Um, what are you hoping the community will will do with this information? Right. So the underlying, I guess, motives behind the event are are recruiting, connecting, and learning. The former being the most important right now because we have so many open jobs. On the recruiting end, it it does lean very heavily into tech. We need developers and engineers so much that we are flying in a dozen of said developers and engineers to Boulder to take part in the week. The second part being connecting. We want people who ordinarily, maybe because they're a techie type person, um, doesn't get out much. To actually do so, um, our are community you, is. Are you saying tech geeks don't get out much? 
I'm saying this as someone who who plays World of Warcraft and has six eighty five. It has seen the Avengers. How many times have you seen it now, F? Three. Three times. It's okay. It's not a problem. My doctor says it's a phase. <laughs> In the last uh, uh, imperative, I guess, is learning. Um, we've got a number of sessions. Uh, Joel's, for example, that is trying to or that are trying to educate people both on UX or humor and marketing or even some of the laws around startups. We have a number of local law firms who have committed their time to answering questions for free. And who doesn't want free legal advice, especially when you're launching a company for with a, a kind of maybe bootstrapping it where you don't have the money to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Not that any business can afford to, but these in particular can't. Um, that, I think, is, is one of the benefits that we bring to the community is you meet people, you learn things, Maybe you find a job, mm-hmm. and uh, and to to give people an idea, you've got you. What did you say? You have fifty events. Okay, yeah, close to fifty right now. Okay, we're taking a handful more, but it's getting pretty full. And how? Um, where can people find out uh, information about the events? Everything is at boulderstartupweek.com. Okay, we'll also include that on our uh, on our website later. Uh, you mentioned you're flying in uh, six. You said twelve people. Yes, yeah, twelve. Wow. So it, last year you. Flew in five, correct? I think th- so. It was somewhere in the five to seven range. Yeah. So you've got a lot of. Obviously, you had a lot of interest this year, or did you just feel like you had more qualified candidates? How, tell us about flying people in and how you guys go about the recruitment process. Yeah, and so the number is a little higher this year because we just had more sponsor interest. So that's one of the things that we use sponsor money for. And um, Boulder Startup Week, along with Ignite, as it, as we develop it each year, it gets a little better. We figure out how to provide more value for sponsors, and we get more interest from them um so we had we just put up a web page that says hey you know we love boulder we want you to love it too are you looking for a job um tell us you know why boulder is a good fit for you and some companies that you're interested in Mm -hmm. and we got about 60 or 70 people that wrote in um a lot of them call them applications. I don't know. We were trying to stay away from the word application or like contest or any of that stuff. But um, so we read through the read through the emails and picked out the people that um, that had were the most skilled um, people that hadn't. Some a lot of people actually already lived in Boulder, and so we didn't. Those weren't the people at the top of our list because they know what it's like already. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, we ended up. I mean, we would have liked, I think, even more straight engineers, programmers, but we got all kinds of, you know, a couple of people who are just, we're entrepreneurs, want to start a company. There's um, product managers, um, IT people, uh, design people. There's a whole, like, almost every person was, like, in an entirely different category of the 12. Mm-hmm. And well, and Ryan, you are a, a, an engineer programmer, and mm-hmm. so um, tell us a little bit about your experience, and uh, because I want to talk about the need for this recruitment anyway. I mean, clearly this is a problem that is, um, and I don't want to say a problem, but it, it is. People are trying to staff these kinds of positions mm-hmm. everywhere. I mean, we're talking on a global scale, and we, we have this shortage. Um, from somebody who does this for a living, what is your perspective on, on what's happening right now, and, and particularly as it pertains to Boulder? Yeah, and I and as an aside, uh, F said the word recruitment, and I cringed a little bit because that makes it sound like we're recruiters, or we you know are doing this for the companies, but we're just people in the community who like want to grow the pie, I guess. You You're know, and love it. and love living there, and love meeting new people, and um, you know, it's like it's benefit to everyone. So um, 
Let's see here. What uh, now? I'm now I'm lost. Um, no, that's okay. So uh, for as a, oh. as a as an engineer, what what has your experience been like, and, and where is uh, where do you see? Yeah. So so one thing that I've heard is it seems clear to everyone everyone in town. Last year when I put together the jobs page, I just went to the the website of every company startup company that I could think of, and every single one of them was hiring. And um, you know, when you talk about this problem, people from other cities say the same thing too. And it's, I don't know because I'm not in the tech community in in the Bay Area, but I I think I think it's a problem for them too. I don't I don't think it's unique to Boulder. Um, I think it's probably just a. I actually read that there's less there's less computer science graduates today than there was like 20 years ago, and which is crazy because as somebody who's in the industry, and I, I just think. I mean, the, the number of jobs is just going to keep growing and that, you know, we're more and more things are going to be done by computers. We need people to tell the computers how to, how to work. And, um, so it's, I think some of the drive for me for Bowler Startup Week to get people to move out here is, is a level of awareness for people outside that, that they don't have to be in San Francisco or New York, um, these, these big cities with millions of people, um, cause Boulder has, the highest uh, per capita of software engineers in the country. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if, you know, if I didn't live here, would I know that? I, I moved from Boston four years ago and I I didn't know, actually. I didn't had no idea what was going on in Boulder, so... Yeah, so it's just it's a, you. You think it's it's a matter of just getting the awareness of Boulder out there. Are, are either of you concerned that there is... Um, that companies will start leaving if this becomes too big of a problem and will potentially go somewhere... Else? I, I don't think so. I I mean, I think these other cities are having the same problem. And I, I think maybe, I know there are some people in the community who are working on this now, but it's a, definitely a noble and worthy cause to start trying to grow the number of people who are coming out of school knowing how to knowing how to program. There's, there's, this, there's a thing called Code for America, and there's some other things where it's just people giving their time trying to get more people into becoming programmers because it's it's a it's a great job to have it's you know well paying it's um and there's always a need i think in most you know big cities well and uh joel you've covered uh the some some elements of the boulder startup community too and and i want to i want to talk a little bit about the successes of the community and some of the big really big things that have that have come out of the community and what's kind of putting it on the map um, what are some of your um, observations, uh, having you know lived and worked around the area, uh, yeah. in terms of what's happening there right now with startup culture? Yeah, I mean, and that's actually kind of goes into something more pointed question that I was going to ask you guys. I've been, I've covered. I'm not haven't been thoroughly covering the tech community there, but I've done several long stories about tech stars and some of the successes, stuff like Next Big Sound and whatnot. And um, so I've been watching it kind of off and on the past couple of years and talking to some of the folks involved in it. And at least from folks I've talked to, there's some concern these days about uh, the potential lasting value that um, beyond just the immediate kind of financial benefits of growing the tech community in somewhere like Boulder. Like, really, are these people contributing meaningfully to the community, will will they continue to do so in the future? I mean, for example, Next Big Sound, uh, which was, to me, it's kind of a great example of uh, 
of one of the Boulder successes. He was these young kids in their like early twenties, um, lured to Boulder uh, because of uh, the TechStars uh, Tech Incubator, which is an amazing program. Um, this was a couple years ago. They they came from Chicago. They they landed you know a huge amount of money uh, right out of TechStars, and they you know and they've been doing their thing in Boulder since then. They're doing some pretty amazing stuff, looking at social media tracking uh, for the music industry. Really cool stuff. And now they're now they're leaving. They're moving to New York. It's not because they don't like Boulder. It's like, hey, you know what? It's We're big enough. Boulder has helped us enough. Now we're going to go spread our wings somewhere else. And I'm sure that that uh, Next Big Sound isn't the only company that, that has happened to and that's going to happen to. So, I mean, how do you guys respond to the question of, Beyond just kind of the tax, you know, the uh, the tax benefit for Boulder, does the tax scene really, will it meaningfully contribute into the future? I say yeah. Um, I think with the next big sound example, what ends up happening aside from them leaving is what they take with them. You know, uh, this whole notion of having really figured out what to do in Boulder. I think that says a lot about the community there, that they came from Chicago where things maybe weren't going so well, mm-hmm. found a place that I guess maybe fosters that sense of you can take it a little slower here, we can help you out. There's tons of people around that want your business to succeed to the point where if you are ready to move on, by all means, let's have a going away party, let's let's see you off. I think there's enough of that kind of small town feel that allows people to come here get something out of it and if they need to leave it's not as mercenary as i make it sound it's a very hard way to articulate you know someone coming learning nurturing getting better and then taking off i think if boulder can have the reputation for being a place where that can occur in a positive sense that's great for the city yeah i think i work for ever later and uh we we went through tech stars with next big sound so i'm good friends with those guys and uh, you know, I'm sad to see him leave, but there's a lot of there's a lot of factors at play there. Sometimes um, companies they'll come out for tech stars or for other reasons, and they end up having to leave because of where their their investment money comes mm-hmm. from. So they come to they end up leaving to be closer to investors. And one of the things that Brad Feld has tried to do in Boulder is he, like he is somebody who wanted to invest in these kind of companies, but wanted to didn't want to live on the coast Mm -hmm. wanted to live in boulder and so he you know he's trying to grow the investment community here so that he can live here and invest in companies and and keep companies here um and industry is another thing too foodsy is a a a tech stars company from the year before and they ended up moving to san francisco because they're a food company and and san francisco is sort of the hub for i don't know designer food if that's even a (laughs) but uh but so (laughs) designer food you know (laughs) um so they so sometimes that thing just you know that happens and and new companies come through but we're we're also starting to have more established these companies that that won't be transient that come through boulder so google is was was a startup uh so the google office is mainly sketchup which used to be a startup and then was acquired by google and then all of a sudden google now has 250 employees in town and two buildings and and um, Bing just set up an office in Boulder too so so even having startups that are coming and going is is drawing the attention of of bigger companies um, that are you know more stable have can hire more employees and 
It's good all around. So why isn't this happening in Denver? Are we just two bass backwards of a town <laughs> that we're just, you know, we can't we can't get our shit together? I've gotten in trouble uh, in the past for making too many Denver Boulder comparisons. <laughs> well, feel free to get in trouble again, F. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> Here you go. Yeah, you know, I don't know what... I mean, Denver does have a tech community, obviously. I mean, uh, there's a lot of really cool things here that also exist in Boulder. There's an Ignite Denver. There's a TEDx Mile High. Not that, you know, events are the measure of a tech community, but, yeah, there's a lot of things to be excited about if you live in Denver, if you um, are into tech. That said, um, from the standpoint of, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't know what the... I won't say barrier, but I guess I feel like I don't know enough about the Denver tech community to weigh in on what makes it or what makes Boulder so different from it in terms of nurturing companies and and having this almost annoying um, positivity vibe thing going on. Uh, it's just as pretentious as it sounds. I've been there for 12 years. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 there's plenty of really smart people, really amazing companies out in Denver. And um, yeah, maybe it's just that we don't shut up about it in Boulder. I mean, a lot of us are very, very smitten with Twitter, very smitten with, uh, with what's the word, self-aggrandize, something like that. We, we just talk nonstop about how great Boulder is. And so maybe that's one of the, the factors at play when discussing the differences between the two communities. We are relentlessly self-promotional. Yeah, and cheerleading, the cheerleading is, is, is something that definitely helps. I, my personal take on this is that um, there is, it, it's just, it really, a lot of it has to do with the size of the community. Denver, um, you know, trying to organize um, hacks and hackers here even, you know, we go back and forth between Denver and Boulder. Uh, and and we definitely get a bigger crowd when we're in Boulder. It's because, and there are actually more journalists in Denver uh, and more technologists in Boulder, and we not have Not for bigger, long. <laughs> exactly, not for long. But the, uh, you know, I think that uh, people never have told us that they have a hard time, you know, a lot of times they'll live in the suburbs, they have kids, they tend to have kids more. Boulder, I think... Um, even if you do have children, it's it's a shorter distance to drive to get to where you're going or bike or something. People don't feel like they have these, you know, very, I think, basic com- challenges that don't really have very much to do with the actual work that you're doing or the kind of place that you're working in. I think it just sets priorities a little bit differently for people. Um, and there hasn't been like a buildup around downtown just like there is in, you know, there's a tech stars kind of anchoring this community in Boulder where, you know, Denver's got MapQuest and there's and there's some things around, but there's so much else that's already been built up around it that it, it's it's not it can't be its own little bubble. Yeah, if you were to do a heat map of Boulder Startup Week events, literally it's downtown. It's that one strip from, you know, maybe, I don't know, eighth on Pearl Street up to maybe twenty second, because made movement is up there. That's it. So you're absolutely right. Boulder's size, which is teeny tiny, means that we can concentrate everything in one spot. That becomes the hub of the community. Whereas Denver, because it's massive and far flung and has little neighborhoods and pockets, you can't do the same thing. I mean, you could say that, well, we have more people. I mean, we can just have many communities that come together in a certain area. Easier said than done. So you're absolutely right. Boulder's size is one of the biggest factors contributing to that intimacy, that 
you know, small town feel because it is a small town, especially in the summer when the kid the, the kids go home. Right. It becomes this very manageable place. And I think from getting from spot to spot, like you were you were saying, yeah, it's completely different than anywhere else because it's I don't know, it's it's tiny. It's easy. Yep. Yeah. And I think having small what lots of small companies is different than having several bigger ones. So ah. if you have a company with a hundred engineers, they have their own it's easy for them to have their own culture, their own like, community within the company where they can go talk to people who are working on something totally different and exchange ideas. But when you have companies with three engineers and five engineers, like they all have to, to mix. And that, that makes for a, you know, like a, a, a stronger community that's spread across different companies instead of being isolated. It's within. small business versus big company, big corp enterprise, yep. corporation. Well, let's talk a little bit about, um, I want to switch gears here and go into um, the meltdown that was the Colorado legislature this week. Um, we had a uh, our, our House um, representative, uh, McNulty, who has uh, officially been nominated for the Diatribes Asshole of the Year 2012 Award for doing this. <laughs> um, it, he effectively held up um, the end, basically ran the clock at the end of of the legislative session in order to not have to vote on the civil unions bill and it caused a ruckus uh, obviously at the capitol we're now go ahead Joel you're in yeah and, and it was in part because he knew that actually some of his fe- or I guess I should say it seemed like enough of his fellow republicans were actually going to vote for it that it would pass so he almost didn't want his own his own party to right. get to weigh in on this. Hijacked it. And yes. in, in the meantime, in the interim, took down uh, something like 30 bills. Yeah, basically, it. basically he was willing to um, remove all potential uh, water supply for Colorado for the next 50 years <laughs> in order to prevent anyone from getting to talk about civil unions, which which, which in my book makes sense. Water, smart, is, water is overrated. Oh, yeah. Totally who needs that? I mean, I drink Coca-Cola. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, we've got tech companies. What do we need yeah. water for? Yeah, tech will make the next type of water. <laughs> Is that on the Ignite agenda? <laughs> how to make water 2.0. I, I think geeks are the new water. <laughs> so, we, so we just liquefy all you assholes and drink <laughs> you? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, maybe, maybe I should have Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Uh-oh. It's getting hostile in here. It's going to be a repeat of the legislature. Yeah, I, I find it. I mean, I, I, I confess, I don't, I don't track politics as closely as I track uh, like World of Warcraft, for example. <laughs> but no, I, I find it. I, I do find it appalling. Like, World of Warcraft yeah. reference. Uh, any analogies see. here? Um, so I play a warlock, uh, which is, I guess, like being a politician. Can you marry no another idea. warlock? Can we put a politician's head on the warlock? I think. Yeah, <laughs> let's do that. No, I, I do find it appalling, like most people, that that something like that can occur. That this. I won't even call it sneaky. This just, you know, very petty kind of uh, approach can kill things, like stop them in their tracks completely. Uh, I, I don't know enough about, obviously, the the about political dynamics to understand how that's even possible, how it hasn't been kind of banned, if that's the right word to use. But, yeah, it's incredibly disappointing to, to understand that something that could have passed um, – with people contributing from both sides isn't able to because of the actions of one person um it i i just don't understand it what's happened is the governor has decided to call a special session which will convene on monday so i don't want to get too much into it because i'm sure we'll talk about it again next week and what actually falls through but there were four bills that were related to the startup community um 
in particular that had been identified by Techni, that's T-E-K-H-N-E, um, a website that covers Colorado startups. And um, only one of those bills uh, is going to be uh, taken up again in the special session. However, the civil unions bill will also be taken up in the special session. So um, I- instead of talking about what those bills really are, I, I want to know um, how much of this kind of show uh, um, is impacting the ability to bring people to Colorado. I mean, are you guys worried? Do you hear any, you know, do you, do you think you're going to get some people coming and be like, hey, what the hell's up with your bigoted state over there not voting on civil unions? Um, hmm. I think all the, I think all the pro marijuana stuff is probably, you know, <laughs> evidence that it's not too stuffy here. Um, so I, I don't worry about that too much. I don't hear too many people talking about it. There's definitely times where, um, uh, Jared gets involved or, um, uh, Brad Feld in Jared in, Polis, Jared Polis, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, gets involved in, in raising certain issues up to you know try and get everyone involved like hey this is important to startups I, I'd say on a day-to-day basis most people in the in the tech community I know aren't too worried about it you know people are just they're getting stuff done and uh, and I think a lot of the uh, you know a lot of the companies that get started in Boulder tend to be you know very small at the beginning and it's not enough of a I, le- I think legislative stuff just isn't enough of a deterrent if you're you know, I'm an entrepreneur following my dream. I want to start this company. Uh, it's not probably, uh, you know, at the, at the top of your mind in terms of that. Um, so that's interesting. Well, gonna, though. Go ahead, Joel. Well, well then, well then, I want to turn that question around. Then I want to, I want to ask. Then, should the tech community become more involved in this stuff? I mean, I'm going to go back to Amendment Two when it passed in uh, in the state. And what was it, the specifics of Amendment Two, Vanessa? That, that was a uh, it was a hardcore. Uh, yeah, Amendment anti- Two. Sorry, I was reading something. Um, it was uh, that was uh, that was an anti. Wasn't it anti-gay marriage? I think it was even harder than that. But for example, at the time, um, the film industry, which is actually still pretty big in Colorado, said we're not going to work in Colorado. That's it. Like, and it was one. You know, and several several other big businesses too came out and said, you know what, we are going to play in the state. And that was one of the factors that I that assumedly helped Amendment Two get wiped off the books fairly quickly. So, if we have this growing financial kind of kind of base, if we have this this growing and you know increasingly powerful uh, new community based in Boulder, that could possibly throw some weight around, especially an issue like say gay marriage that that should be kind of in the wheelhouse of the creative community. Should it be throwing its weight around? Should, like, should there be something? For example, I'm not saying you guys. You guys could even do this, but like something out like Startup Week, say, hey, let's let's look at some of the issues that 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 might have an impact on our community. That's a great point. I, I, yeah, we have, we should definitely be doing more stuff. I, I think there there are plenty <laughs> of people who are. Uh, <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. Damn I mean, it, you guys it, failed. You mean sometimes it just takes <laughs> one person, you know, one vocal person to you know just get things rolling, and it's. But we, we should be. We should be. It should be something that we think about and that we, you know, work towards. I think you mentioned it's something interesting though to know that um, that Jared Polis is that involved. So when he thinks, I mean, he he definitely has your ear. He's involved himself enough in the community so that people know he's there. He's available. He's listening. And when he talks, do you feel like people listen to him? So if he were to bring something to you guys, prob- or to the 
tech mm-hmm. community, um, he or Brad Feld, obviously. Mm-hmm. Brad Feld, for people who don't know, is is probably the most um, high profile and uh, well known in uh, venture capitalist in Boulder. Um, Foundry Group is the name of the uh, the VC firm that he founded. Um, so, so that's kind of how this is right now where it stands. The politics. It's kind of like. We're in, 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 you know, in our, in, our, in our work world here, and we wait for, you know, we kind of have these people that we look to for our, um, when we should be paying attention to politics. Yeah, uh, Jared Polis is fantastic. I've seen him speak at tech events before, just, you know, about issues that are important to us. He's, he posts on Reddit, which I've seen on like, multiple occasions, and, like, people are just blown away, like, <laughs> oh my! You know, like I can't believe you're here, just like having conversation with you know people, and that and that's something that you can do now that you couldn't do 20 years ago. It's like you can make people in your district feel like you're talking to them directly. I mean, you can talk to them directly, and um, he he does a fantastic job with that. It's just you know getting individual people you know on on his side and raising awareness for issues that are important to him. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Well, we're going to take um, a minute to um, thank our sponsor. This week's episode is brought to you by Free Speech TV on television, the internet, and radio. Free Speech TV inspires viewers to become civically engaged to build a more just, equitable, and sustainable society. For more information, visit freespeech.org. So um, before we go back to the uh, to uh, letting you guys give us a few more uh, details about Startup Week. I want to talk about some news that we got last night that's very disappointing and I'm outraged about. I was going to save it for love and hate, but I want to talk about it because we all know people involved with the Onions AV Club. And um, it was announced this week, written about in Reverb yesterday, that um, uh, the Onion will be discontinuing its AV Club Denver Boulder edition. I think it's also important to explain what that means. I know a lot of folks are kind of confused about like the local version of the Onion versus the national version. This does not mean that there will no longer. Well, my assumption is it does not mean that they will no longer be distributing the Onion here. It does not mean that there won't be funny stories anymore in the Onion. <laughs> Basically, yeah, woohoo! The <laughs> uh, the second half of the Onion is actually locally produced. It's lo- local. Local music events and like like the art Arts events, and, and they sell local advertising. It's you know it's part of the Onion's kind of core strategy, and they've been doing it for many many years. And from what we were talking about, uh, the Denver Boulder edition was one of the first after Madison. And my assumption is therefore means that they that the Denver Boulder the the AV Club, you know, was one of the first, and now all of a sudden. You know they're pulling the plug, and we all know some some great great people who are working there. Several people who've been on the show, uh, Cor- uh, Corey Cassiato, um, who else? Um, name Kathleen St. John. Yeah, was, Kathleen St. John. Uh, uh, well, uh, we we produced a, a live event with them yeah. for our our Kill Cowtown event, and Kathleen was on our live Love and Hate show. So we've done. I feel like they're kind of our they're our partners. Yeah, and it's you know, and also yeah, one you know personally, it's really disappointing too from the big from kind of the big picture perspective I also think it's kind of frightening because my assumption is I never worked there I never ran the operation my assumption is the Onion was able to do stuff like this because it's kind of bare bones they don't have a huge office they don't, I don't think they had an office at all they were just like paying people I don't think people making a whole lot of money kind of working from home or freelancing to just kind of 
kind of throw stories into basically an already existing infrastructure. So the fact that all of a sudden that not even this kind of kind of bootstraps level newspaper can hold up around However, here. However, I think they also gave their sales to the Denver Post, oh, uh, the Post a couple of years ago. Out. So <laughs> I, I'm going to say it's the Post failure. I don't know if that's true. But I mean, really, when, you, when you're looking at it, I, I don't know what kind of incentive the Post has to sell the onion. Um, and I don't know what that agreement looks like. I don't know. You know, uh, it, it just seems, in my opinion, that you would want to have control of that yourself. If before you lay so, people, so before you start laying move. people off, you might want to, you know, tr- I don't know, give it another shot. Maybe they were already there and they thought that, mm-hmm. you know, the sales, uh, the post coming in and selling was was kind of their last draw. So you would that. say it's comparable to giving the Tesseract uh, to Loki? Yikes. F? Uh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> I distracted F. He was actually playing World of Warcraft <laughs> the just now, and I just, he's like, wait, so someone talk about the Avengers? I just want to Let point me out put on my Incredible Hulk mask and smash things for a bit. You can play as a panda in the next World of Warcraft expansion. I'm sorry, that's exciting. I'm a little distracted. <laughs> to answer your question, um, yeah, I, I'm uh, incredibly bummed out about um, this news. Uh, Corey, uh, Corey Cassiato, who is. Um, good friend and not only of, of mine but of TEDx Boulder of Ignite Boulder both of which he covered during his time there uh, amazing amazing guy and just like everyone else who works there you know really committed to to you know chronicling some of the more less that's a weird sentence some of the less mainstream events in Denver in Boulder um, and personalities as well I think that's a very necessary thing you know people that ordinarily wouldn't get ink at the post can get some ink via the AV Club. And, um, yeah, very, very disappointed to find that out uh, just because, I I mean, it's one less place to go to get really interesting information. Um, Yeah, uh, I'm weeping. Very, very, very bummed (laughs) out. Well, uh, I... We, we're we're losing Joel to his. Uh, I'm too upset. To his, <laughs> he's going to run out crying to his to his boot camp and go get his ass kicked by by his trainers. Um, <laughs> F you right for the Colorado Daily, correct? Still, um, so it it is a lot. What I mean, what what do you guys like? Do you see, how do you see this playing into what kind of media do you recommend? I mean, where, where does media play into the tech community? This is an interesting question for me, obviously, because we're, I'm part of the media. But lately, I, uh, I, I've. As far as you know, media and, and news and, and getting information, uh, Reddit seems to be. And I know it's a very trendy thing to, to really to like, but it's marvelous in terms of, of surfacing interesting stories. Not only on the homepage, but you're able to subscribe. Excuse me to subreddits for you know those topics, those passion areas that you want more coverage on that you won't find in a traditional news setting. Um, I find that it is pretty good at giving you a broad view of what's happening and what is worth arguing about, if that makes any sense. So not to say that, you know, that is better or is worse than any other, you know, outlet. The AV Club, I just love the writing. I think it's fantastic writing. Same for The Onion. I mean, I think it's really smart writing. Same with McSweeney's. I mean, this good, good stuff. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I was a journalism major, so I, I know a very... Um, staggering amount of, of things about newsrooms and, and circulation and even the numbers that are being reported on on the aforementioned uh, can be what's the word? Dubious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that said, 
Yeah, it's it's a pretty scary landscape. I mean, it's not the first friend of mine to to lose his job or her job because of shifting methods of news reading. Um, yeah, the, I I tend to to go. I like Reddit and I like Hacker News. Um, it's more kind of uh, in the dig vein of things where you know certain stories are voted up, certain other ones are, are voted down. This one happens to focus more on startups and 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 that culture. I'm not sure what. Ryan likes to read. Actually, it's the same for me. Reddit and Hacker News. I I imagine that it's hard these days to have a um, if you're a, a particular outlet or publication to have like a committed um, audience that is reading all of all of your stuff. So like I see a lot of fantastic articles that come through either on Reddit or Hacker News or somebody's tweets about it. Like uh, Slate, I think, has like a lot of really cool articles. But inexplicably, I never go to their website, Mm -hmm. and I never just read things. I only end up getting to them through a link that somebody's recommended to me, and I always love them. And I don't, I don't know what that is, but or what what we do about that. But maybe that's just influence and sharing. I think that's that's good message to to um, give to anybody, any media people who might be listening to us right now, and to all of the. Uh, to all of the Onion AV Club writers, please come and hang out with us at the Diatribe. Um, obviously, we're not making any money here, but we'd love to have you because we know you're smart and we love you. Um, okay, so we need to go into our final segment so we can wrap up here, guys. Did you uh, bring some uh, some loves and hates for us for this week? Something yes. Something that you love and hate? F, yes, tell yeah. us. Uh, I know that Ryan loves going first. <laughs> <laughs> this is so he can think of something to say. I don't actually know how the the loves and hates normally work, but uh, a kind of love, I guess. I don't know. As I, a friend of mine was in Ethiopia for four months, and he just came home and went for a hike yesterday. And it's just it was like a beautiful day, and it's an amazing place that we live. And there's a lot to talk about when somebody goes and lives in a crazy place like that for for such a long time. And it wasn't even wasn't even about the place. It was like about you know about him and and how he feels about life now so so i loved that and uh and hate i guess i hate that that <laughs> same sex marriage is an issue i i am i cannot wait for the day whenever it is 30 years from now when we look back and we we have the same like <laughs> loathing for our society for accepting that as we do for something like segregation where it's like really that used to be a thing that people cared about and like fought about and prevented people from doing i think it's ridiculous awesome it angers me thank you for sharing that f do you have a love or hate or uh, love and hate besides can, the avengers yeah let me do a hate so i hate <laughs> people who don't stick around uh, until the end of movies made by marvel so it's very well known that any Marvel comic property that is made into a movie is going to have extra scenes at the end. If you don't know that, know that. Uh, case in like point, or at the end of the Avengers, there are two um, extra scenes, which are pretty cool. And I was at my third viewing of said movie a few days ago, and people left the theater well before they were on screen. Now, you could argue that maybe they had seen them before. Like me, maybe this is their third time. <laughs> If you're seeing a movie three times, odds are you're going to stick around to see all of that movie the third time. Just saying. So I hate people who leave um, early during Marvel movies. You didn't want to stand up and 
flee to them, you know? I was I was lazy. Okay. Um, as far as love, The Incredible Hulk. All right, so here's the thing about The Incredible Hulk. I am a comic book fan from, like, you know, early, early. Um, I, I was eight years old, I think, when I started reading them. Didn't like The Hulk. I thought The Hulk was inarticulate. I loved the way that uh, Dale Keown drew him. <laughs> but I just I was not a fan of, of the story, of the narrative. I thought the Bruce Banner thing was was interesting, you know, the rage monster thing. Um, anyway, the point is, love him now. The reason being, I think this movie captured the uh, mirth that there is in the character. He's funny in this movie. Not, you know, the whole way. He's not, you know, telling jokes nonstop. But there are a few key moments, and I won't give them away for those of you who haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it, I will see it a fourth time with you. <laughs> uh, pug on Twitter. Um, yeah, there's a few scenes where he's just a riot. And so now I'm completely in love with The Incredible Oak after not having really been a fan during my the peak of my comic book phase. Well, thank you very much. That, that, I, think, I think, Juju, you might have just found a, a movie critic for The Station. Okay. That was that was quite a bit. Do you have, do you <laughs> have something for us? Um, love to uh, the food chain who's playing tonight at Cervantes with uh, Black Star. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. So, Red, really good show tonight. Yes, lots of love to food chain. And I do have one. Um, I'm going to actually give some love to Ignite. I know it's sold out, and um, it might be kind of lame and cheerleading for me to do this while you two are sitting here but it was one of the first things that I did when I moved to Boulder and it made a really great impression on me because I've lived in Colorado all my life and I was really worried about moving to Boulder because I'd always hated on it and it just it really uh it's a just a wonderful thing and there will be other ignites this is something how often do you guys do ignites we have done them as often as six times a year and as seldom as two times a year I there are tentative plans to do it again later this year, either in September or December. I am um, stepping aside from Ignite to move to Amsterdam uh, for a while. So Everybody's going to cry. Yeah, my capable team I have will, a theme song for you. It's this song by Guster. Have you ever heard it? No. You should listen to it. There, it's just, oh, called, it's just it. called Amsterdam, but it's very like... Oh. Ignite has a big I crew. I think riding uh, a bike around Amsterdam, like singing this song in a bear costume or something. I love bear. I, I wore a no. I wore a dog costume at the last dinner, though. Anyway, the point is there are lots of people committed to the event, and I'm absolutely certain it'll continue and be just as amazing, you know, as it has for the past, gosh, four years. The first one was October 2008, so it's. Yeah, we've been around. Well, and well, I'll put lots of links to that. There is also a Denver Ignite for people who don't know. And yeah, that sure. will be coming up um, in June. I believe it's June 14th. That could be wrong. I'll, I'll post some links to that. There's one in Fort Collins. There's one in Steamboat. Yeah, there's, that's Is right. there one in Colorado Springs? I don't know if Colorado Springs has gotten theirs together. There is an Ignite Hanukkah every December. It's marvelous. Ooh. You can yeah. start your own. If it's an, one it's here in Boulder. It's run by Cheryl Fellows. It's fantastic. Oh, I didn't They've know They've done it for that. two years so far. Oh. Good stuff. Okay. And they have uh, latkes. Yeah, well, you have to. They're delicious. They're so good. (laughs) Not as good as The Incredible Hulk or Avengers in theaters now, but they're pretty tasty. (laughs) All right. Well, that's all the love and hate we have for this week. If you have something to say about today's topics or would like to share a little of your own love and hate, please leave us a brief message at 720-282-YELL. That's 720-282-9355. Each week, we'll pick our favorite messages and play them on the show. F and Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. Have an excellent Boulder Startup Week. Um, for all of our listeners, you can find more information at boulderstartupweek.com. 
Is that correct? Yes. Correct. Our theme music is by the band Houses off their summer EP. You can subscribe to the Denver Diatribe podcast on iTunes and Google Listen and say hello to us on Facebook or Twitter at Denver Diatribe. For more information, check out our website, denverdiatribe.com. I'm Vanessa. On behalf of my co-host Joel and Julian and the NFN crew, thanks for listening. Oh,